Amen. His presence, amen, how rich it is, how glorious it is to have the living God on the inside of us, amen. You're never alone, you're never at loss, you always have him there with you. And all the things that I've studied about getting close to the Lord and knowing his voice and knowing everything about him, they say you have to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. You have to want to have him with you all the day, every day, all the day long, amen. Amen. He, he says, just would you spend some time with me? Would you spend, let me come into your presence? And so that's our goal. That's our desire. Let's just stop for a minute and just invite him into our hearts and let him be Lord of our lives. So, Father, we thank you that we can come and have fellowship with your precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, take hold of us now. We give you rain. We give you license to uh, penetrate our hearts, fill our hearts with your joy and your presence. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you grant us the privilege of knowing you, the God of all creation, living and dwelling on the inside of us. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Christ has risen. Christ has risen. Christ has risen. Christ has risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We acknowledge you, Lord. You're the God of all creation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Amen. So uh, we celebrated Easter last week, did we not? Oh, it was a glorious day. Everybody was here. Everybody was rejoicing, celebrating that Christ has risen from the dead. Isn't that right? We sang, Christ the Lord has risen today. Hallelujah. Right? Oh, it was a great day. Everyone was happy. But, but guess what? what? What about this week? You know, what are we going to do now? I mean, like, okay, he's risen, but is that it? Now, do we go to the next celebration, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, graduation day? Or are we supposed to make some difference in our lives, right? People need to see the evidence that you have met, have, you have met the risen Savior. Amen. The effect of seeing and believing that Jesus resurrected from the dead should change your life forever. Amen? Amen. People should see there's a difference in the way you go about your day, the way you face challenges, the way you navigate through circumstances, the way you uh, handle uh, problems that come your way. They should say, oh, you must know Jesus. Because if Jesus rose from the dead, there's nothing too difficult for him. He said, I've handled it. I've done it. I can, I, I can handle it. Amen? Uh, you know, Jesus said what? In this world, you will have tribulation. He didn't say you're going to be immune from it. You will have it, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, I remember when I was going to college, hallelujah, uh, junior college, and we were able to, I, was, I played baseball, and so the athletes, I didn't know this, the athletes got to get, choose their classes first. I said, praise the Lord. How, how wonderful is that? So we got in the front of the line, and the guys that were on the team from last year, they said, let me tell you the teachers that you need to take. I go, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And we got all the easy classes. Amen? You know, what did Jesus say? In this world, you have tribulation, but I have, over, I have overcome. 
Amen? In other words, he's been there, done that. He's going to show us the way. Now, I took this class, philosophy class. This was the weirdest class I've ever been. The teacher came in. He looked like he was, uh, what's that guy? Uh, Charlie Manson. You know, he had long hair and crazy looking eyes. And I'm going, this is philosophy, huh? And so he, I don't know what happened. He got chewed up the, the class before, but he came in and he didn't say a word. He just sat on the desk and looked at us. And we were like, well, what is this about? And he went the whole class. We asked him questions. Do you want us to talk to you? Is there a book? What do we do? He didn't say a word. And class dismissed, we went home. I'm going like, this is next week, same thing. He's just sitting on the, on the desk. What we didn't realize, he told us later, he was waiting for us to take charge of the class. He was waiting for us to do something. Amen? So finally, we were so shy. You know, we're in college, junior college. We're young kids. How old was that? 19, something like that. We were afraid to speak our mind. We were afraid to talk as people to judge us and, and, and criticize us. So one lady, one girl had this bright idea. She said, let's turn out all the lights, close the blinds, and we'll talk, and nobody will know who's talking. We go, okay, that sounds great. So it, there was still light coming in, so we had to put a towel underneath the door because the light was coming in the door. And we talked and talked, and we got it all out. Amen? And so I, 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 did, I did good that year. <laughs> and everybody got an A in the class. I said, that's pretty good. You know, you go to class, you don't say anything, you don't talk, and you get an A. So I had a couple of classes like that. But that's the way Jesus is. He said, I've lived this life. I did it all. I was tempted like you were in all points. I was tempted, but without sin. And I showed you the way. I have a pathway for you. Can I get an amen? amen. So you might think, you know, you're a trailblazer. You're doing things you've never done before. Jesus said, I already did it. I already know how to get you through. Amen. That's good news for me, isn't that? So the title of today's message is, After Easter, Now What Do We Do? <laughs> Amen. Is it business as usual? Is it like, oh, that was a great week, now let's move on? No, no. People have to realize that this was the beginning of Christianity when Jesus came out of the grave. It's a new beginning for us. We have a new uh, mandate. Jesus has given us the uh, baton. He wants us to run the race. We're supposed to be like Christ to the world. We're supposed to be examples, are we not? You know, I went in, I got some salad from Marianne the other day, and uh, I, 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 we, we ordered it uh, over the phone. So I came in, they go, well, here's, your, here's your order. And I, I said, well, wait a minute now. They didn't charge me for this. You know, they <laughs> do I leave or do I fess up? And so I said, uh, I don't think I paid for this. He said, thank you for your honesty. I said, well, I'm a Christian. I have to be honest. That was my little seed. You know, people notice when you do things that is out of the ordinary, not like the world does. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, when he came out of the grave, he spent 40 days with his disciples. And what was he talking about? Does anybody know what he was talking about? We have Cecilia here, and she always ruins everything. But... <laughs> huh? That's your job. Amen. She's our resident theologian. So uh, let's look and see. In Acts chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, he said, He was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Notice he used the Holy Spirit to talk. Do you use the Holy Spirit to talk, or you just blurt out anything that comes to your mind? Selah. Amen? Yeah. You know, when you're... <laughs> 
When you're dating and you want to make a good impression, you just can't say anything, right, that you want to say. You, you, you can't be judgmental. You have to be, watch your words, you know. Even when you're married, you have to watch your words, amen? You, you can't say stuff that you want to say, praise the Lord. So, you know, when I was in, when I, was in I got a little time today, so I'll expand. I went to an all-boys school, Sierra High School, right? And they were all boys. And every day we tried to figure out what, how can we disrupt class? How could we just make a scene, you know? <laughs> we did all kinds of things, you know. And, and, and so uh, I, I got transferred from that to a, a, a secular school, North High School, and they had boys and girls. And so in the class, you know, nobody was cutting up. Nobody was making a scene. And I asked the guy, what, how come you guys don't, you know, disrupt the class? He goes, there's girls here, you know. <laughs> They'll, they'll look down on us. They, we have to behave because the girls are here. Oh, okay, I got it. So anyway, <laughs> you have to have, the, that's what I was going to say, you have to have the Holy Spirit. Is, are you speaking by the Spirit or are you speaking by the flesh? You know, are you saying things that just come to your mind or are you saying what the Lord wants to speak? Praise the Lord. So for 40 days, he was speaking to them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about. Amen? You know, he said, you thought I was here to restore Israel, uh, the kingdom back to Israel. But no, I didn't come for that. They were expecting a military victory, but what did he give them? A spiritual victory. They were thinking that they were going to be freed from Rome, but he wanted to make them free from sin. Amen? He, they wanted to get the Roman soldiers out, but he wanted to get the devil out of them. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord. What kind of kingdom is this? Amen? The kingdom is within you right? You're carrying the kingdom with you. Don't say it's over here, it's over there. It's within you. You carry the kingdom wherever you go. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm getting excited. I'm getting happy because uh, I got some good things for you today. You know, I study all week long and I see what I can give to you that the Lord would have to give to me by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So uh, we're going to go and look at the tomb, the grave, and find out there's four things that the Bible says we should do as believers, right from the get-go. Are you ready to go? Yes. Amen. Okay, so uh, Matthew ch chapter 28, verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Let's see, are they looking at the tomb here? They sure are. Okay. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And what did he do? He sat on it. Now, you know, I like to look at all the words in the Bible because they all have meaning. What was he doing sitting, Richard? What, what, what? Was he tired? Was he lazy? Had he been there for a long time? So the Bible study on Wednesday said, oh, Pastor, you know, just... Move on, okay? We don't have to worry about that, you know? He was sitting, okay? Just take it. That's the way it was. But I like to find out exactly what's happening, so I had to research it a little bit and found out that was kind of like a signature move. It was kind of like a statement. I'm sitting on it. I'm the one that did it. The angel said, I'm, you know, this stone that's rolled away, it's me, you know? You know, like when you have a, a cat that catches a mouse and he brings it to the door. I, I, this is what I did, okay? <laughs> and then also, it was a statement of victory. He was saying, you know, those Roman soldiers laying down there? I knocked them down, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it was me, I, I. And so um, he said uh, in verse 6, it says, he is not here. He is risen as he said. I like that, as he said. You know, he told you he was going to leave. He's gone. What, what, what are you wondering about? 
But angels always show up at crucial times in the Bible, amen? They might be showing up in your crucial times. You might be crying out to the Lord. You might be needing help. The angel of the Lord would come. You know, I was talking to someone in Psalms 34. It says, this poor man or woman cried out to the Lord, and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all of his destructions, all of his afflictions. The Lord hears our prayer and dispatches angels for us. Amen? So they were looking inside. Let's see. Next, next slide, I think. Yeah, there they are. Kind of bright in there, isn't it? <laughs> so they looked inside, and sure enough, he is gone, and another gospel talks about how Jesus, when he left, when the women went in, they saw that his grave clothes were folded up neatly. For all you teenagers out there, they made their, he made his bed, okay? <laughs> um, uh, I don't need to make my bed. Oh, yeah, you do. That's what Jesus did, okay? He folded it up, and that shows that the disciples didn't come in and steal the body because they wouldn't fold it up. They'd be just take the body and get out of there, right? So the chief priests tried to get the guards and tell them, tell them that while you were sleeping, the disciples came and stole the body. Now we were talking, how ridiculous is that? Does anybody see the ridiculousness of that? While they were sleeping, they stole the body. They stole the body while they were sleeping. Are your eyes closed when you're sleeping? Yes, I think so, right? You don't sleep with your eyes open. Do you? How could they see if the disciples stole the body if they were sleeping? But they tried to, you know, give us that scenario. And have you ever tried to talk to people about the Lord and they have these ridiculous uh, scenarios? And you're ready to pull your hair out and you go like, what's the matter with you? I have some guys that I play basketball. He's a Muslim. And you know what they believe? They believe that it wasn't really Jesus on the cross. It was someone that looked like Jesus that they inserted in there, and he died on the cross. He died, but the real Jesus, he, he went aside somewhere. I'm going, you mean to tell me <laughs> that the Roman soldiers were duped, that they, they took a look-alike and put him in there when Pontius Pilate was ready to crucify him, and they inserted somebody, and I went over and over and over, still no change of heart. And I said, brother, I will pray for you. <laughs> Amen. It was silly. Okay, let's go back to the story. You ready? Uh, in in uh, verse 7, now here's what the angel says. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen. What did he say? Go at your own pace. Go when you feel like it. When you feel led, when you feel like it's a proper, proper time, when you, when you feel like, you know, uh, it's, it's something you should go quickly right now. He has risen from the dead, and indeed he's going to be before you into Galilee. There you will see him. And I like this little verse right here. Behold, I told you. In other words, my job's done. <laughs> I came. I rolled back the stone. I'm waiting for you guys to get here. thought you'd never get here. Now you're here. And I tell you, go to, go to Galilee. Jesus will meet you. Now, it's up to you to do what you're going to do. Ouch. Amen? He washed his hands of the whole thing. He said, I did my job. So let's look at verse 8. So they went out, how? Quickly. Quickly. From the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Now, uh, let's look at that slide. That's quick, right? 
Does the Lord ever tell you to do something and you take your sweet time in doing it? You're supposed to bless somebody. You're supposed to forgive somebody. You're supposed to help somebody. No, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) No, I I don't feel led. Well, some of us got to get the lead out, okay? (laughs) The first thing... (laughs) <laughs> the first thing you need to do, and it, here's, it's, the four things are all contained in this one verse, verse 8. You ready for it? Let's look at it, what it is. Be obedient to the voice of the Lord. Be fearless, be joyful, and be willing. Can you, can you do that? Can you be obedient to the voice? When the Lord tells you to do something, you do it. Do it the way he told you to do it, the time he tells you to do it, immediately. Do those things, amen? You, you, you have to respond. We, we had a girl, and we have a young lady that's with us in the congregation now. She's only been here six months, Ashley. And she's only been here six months. She's already teaching in children's church right now. She's already volunteered for VBS. She already is uh, uh, signed up to um, be the worship dancer on, on, on uh, Mother's Day. She practiced. She was there. And then the other week, I said, Ashley, could you pick up some coffee at the coffee place for women's breakfast? And she didn't say, you know, Pastor, I have a PhD. You know, Pastor, I teach at the university. You know, Pastor, I think that's a little beneath me. I don't know why you would ask me to do that. No. She said, of course I will. I'll be glad to do it. And she did it graciously and lovingly, and it was wonderful. So don't think that you're too beneath, uh, you know, anything is too beneath you. I know one guy, Rick Rayner, Bob was letting me listen to some of his tapes, and when he first came to a church, he had this great revelation of things. He had such knowledge and such wisdom, and so he came to the church, and he told the pastor after, Pastor, I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to be used in the ministry, and the pastor said, fine, that's wonderful. Here, here's a mop. What we need is uh, the bathrooms to be scrubbed down, and, and we need the trash to be emptied. He goes, okay, I'll do that. So he did that, and then he came back, and he said, well, now I need you to wash my car. I need you to take care of that. If anybody's listening, uh, you can just, you know. <laughs> what thou doest, do quickly. No. Uh, so he did this for like a year, and he kept wondering, when is the Lord going to use me? Well, he was using him to humble him to realize that he didn't have all the revelation in the whole world, but that he had to submit to authority, submit his fleshly desires, and submit to the, the, the pastor there. And now he has a, a great ministry because he, he said it was the greatest experience he ever had. He humbled himself. Sometimes the Lord humbles you so that he can promote you. Praise God. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will what? Lift you up. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. So uh, I, w- I want to talk to you about, um, oh, so when the Lord's calling you, you have to do. There's the written word, and then there's the voice of the Lord. Amen? The written word is what you read, and you know you got to obey it, right? Why do you come to church every Sunday? Because in Hebrews 10.25, it says, Not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of, uh, manner of, uh, of them, of some that are, but you exhort one another. Praise God. Why do you obey, obey your parents even though they tell you things that you don't want to do? Because it says in Exodus 20, Honor your father and your mother, and it will be well with you and you have a long life. 
right? Why do you have a good attitude in the midst of trials? Because James 1 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produceth patience, right? When, why are you kind and compassionate to your crazy bosses and your coworkers? Because Jesus says, Love them that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. You're doing the word of God. Why do I worship God when I don't feel like it? Because the Bible says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Amen? Why can you get a good night's sleep when you got trouble all around you? Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the God of all peace shall watch, uh, shall be with you and, and guard your heart and your, mi- and your mind. We had a guy playing basketball the other day, and he just wore himself out. He was so tired. He had to stop. His heart was bothering him. I called him the other day. I go, well, how are you doing? He goes, man, I don't know. It just seems like I had so much stress on my life. It, that kind of added to my, the fact that I couldn't uh, play like I used to play. And I gave him these scriptures, be anxious for nothing. Amen? And he said, thank you so much for that, right? Keep your mind stayed on him, and he will give you perfect peace. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the resurrection of Jesus gives us the assurance that he will fulfill his word just as he said. Amen? But you, and then also, as you're doing the Word of God, the written Word of God, then He'll speak to you to guide and direct you in the way you're supposed to go. He's not going to tell you stuff that uh, is already in the Bible. You know how to do the Bible. Now, there's other things that you need to do. So some people say, well, I don't really hear the voice of the Lord that well. And most people will say that. But you, actually, you really do. You just don't recognize it. You don't, it's, it's a soft, still, small voice. The way I can liken it to is uh, I, I, I have a cell phone. We all have cell phones. It rings a lot, doesn't it? Not yours. I'll call you one day. Okay. <laughs> but do you ever hear the phone ring and it didn't ring? No? Yes, thank you. I hear it ring and I go downstairs and I go, is, where, did someone try to call me? No. Must have been my imagination. That's kind of the way the Lord is. It's so subtle. It's so gentle. You think it's 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 nothing, but it's really Him trying to speak to you and talk to you. Praise the Lord. And so we have to be obedient to that voice, obedient to what He's put in your heart. Another way I liken it to, well, you know, when you read the Bible and, and you're reading it to yourself uh, silently and you hear it in your spirit, that's the same voice that you're going to hear when He tells you to do things. Uh, we were talking to Ashley before, and she said, I don't know what it is. Uh, she chopped off her hair. I don't know if you noticed. She had nice long hair. She said the Lord was prompting her to cut her hair because somebody that had cancer needed her hair. She said it was a strong inclination. And so she just did it, not knowing even where it was going. But she knew she had to do it. Maybe her hair color matched somebody else's hair color. Who knows? But we have to be obedient to the voice of the Lord and do those things that are... And, so the Lord, because the Lord is telling us to do things. You know, he's orchestrating things in heaven. He's guiding and directing us by the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to move at his promptings. Praise the Lord. So uh, there's a scripture that says, Why callest me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? It says, I try to tell you, but I don't know you. In other words, I'm trying to get you to do some things, but you're not listening. <laughs> Anybody out there? Because you're not tuned in. You don't have the radio dial tuned in to heaven, 777 heaven. You know, like, okay, Lord, speak to me. And, and, and so you have to be uh, listening for the voice of the Lord to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. And he wants to know you. He wants to say, I, 
asked so-and-so to do it, and they did it. I can remember when I was a little boy, eight or nine years old, and we went to school, and how many of you know you had to sell chocolate candy bars? I was never so shocked in all my life. I'm coming to school. I'm not being trained to be a salesman. Why are you having me sell candy? I don't even know that many people, okay? <laughs> so I went home to my mom. I go, Mom, they want me to sell these 24, you know, uh, candy bars. I don't know where to go. She said, oh, okay. Here's what you do. You go to the Yorks, they'll buy some. Go to the Sanjeers, they'll buy some. And you go to the uh, Andersons, they'll buy some. I go, really? She goes, yeah. Okay. She said, but don't, don't go to the Dickersons. Oh, no. I said, why? I don't know them. I don't know what they'll do. I go, okay. So I went to the Yorks, first one, and my, my uh, presentation wasn't that good. I was like, uh, hello, um, Mrs. York, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, we, I'm, I'm going to school, and they want me to sell these candies. You know, and I, I, would, would you? I'll take two of those, please. Thank you. Oh, good. Okay. Went to the Andersons, got a little more pep in my step. I said, Mrs. Anderson, I'm selling these candies. And I don't know. I'll take four. They had a big family. Okay. Praise the Lord. Then two. But then I look at the Dickersons. And do you think I went over to the Dickersons? I'm a young boy now, remember. I'm not saved. I'm out on a limb. Mama said, don't go. I didn't go. <laughs> but my question to you is, if the Lord comes to your house, are you able to say, yes, I'll buy some? Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll follow through. Does he know you? Can you be obedient? Can you be willingly obedient to the voice of the Lord? Amen? That's number one. That's a hard one right there, right? So God reminds us that he, all things work together for the good. Amen? He's working in you. So the second thing we have to do is be fearless. Let's look at in verse 8 again. It says, uh, go quickly. He has risen. Uh, they went out quickly from the tomb with what? Fear. Now, you think that's fear of the Lord? You would think so, but it's not. You look it up, it's phobia. You know, where we get the phobos, where we get the word phobia. So they were afraid. They were afraid and had joy at the same time. How do you do that? You can do that. It's like... <laughs> It's like two emotions in one, right? Have you ever been so happy you cried? Yes. You just can't believe you're so happy. Why are you crying? I'm just so happy. <laughs> you don't look happy. I'm just happy because I can't believe what happened. It's so great. But this fear, they were afraid of something or someone. And I couldn't understand that. You know, the Pharisees are gone. The Sadducees are not there. The Roman soldiers are laying on the ground. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of what's going to happen next. What are they supposed to do? What's their responsibility? I can't believe this. We thought he was dead. We thought he was gone. Now he's resurrected. What do we do? Do you ever feel that way in your life? Okay, now what do I do? Okay, I passed. I graduated college. Now what do I do? Praise the Lord. But we're supposed to have fearless faith because Jesus comes and says, what? In verse 10, I think it's that. Jesus said to him, do not be afraid. Right? He's always saying, do not be afraid. What are you afraid of? A, a, a true believer should not be afraid of anything that you're facing. The doctor's report, don't be afraid. The banker's report, don't be afraid. Right? When your children aren't acting right, don't be afraid. 
God's got it under control. He'll bring it to pass. A born-again believer cannot afford to be afraid of bad news, bad diagnosis, bad situations. Whatever it is, God can handle it. If he's conquered death, if he's risen from the dead, he's able to bring anything that you need back to life. Praise the Lord. So the message from this, from the graveyard, is this. Let's go back to verse 8. They went out quickly, just like they said, from the tomb with fear and what? Great joy. Can you imagine? I mean, Margaret played that so well in the, in the Christmas uh, play. She's fearful and, but, oh, but, oh, I have, oh, it's so wonderful, right? That's the way we should get up in the morning. I'm fearful, but I've got joy because God's going to do something. It's what kind of joy? Great joy. Not just little joy, great joy. And that, that joy, that uh, word great is translated mega, mega joy. You know mega millions? This is mega joy. <laughs> no matter what you're facing, he is there to help you. He'll get you out of every situation. So uh, we ought to have mega, mega joy in all that we're doing. If you're sick, you can have mega joy. If it looks like you're going to get laid off, you can have mega joy. When they come to you and say, well, you know, uh, you're no longer needed in this uh, company. Here's your going away present. <laughs> Here's your check of goodbye. I have great joy. I, I had that happen, and, and to my wife, too, a couple of times. We're, okay, we're, we're moving in a different direction. Well, what direction are you going in? <laughs> Opposite from where you are. I go, oh, my, okay, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> we have testimony here, too. I had great joy. Why? God is for me. He's with me. Amen? And it was at our last church, or the church before last, and actually Carla Torrance, one who sang uh, last week, she asked the pastor, go, what about Pastor Chuck? What's going to happen to Pastor Chuck? And he said, he'll be fine. God's hand is upon him. He'll do well. And I was so glad I got out of there. Amen? Because God did well for me, and he did promote me and put me in places that I should have been because he shipwrecked and went downhill. So thank God for that. Sometimes you don't know what God's protecting you from. He's removing you from one place to put you in a place that he has prepared for you. Praise God. So you're supposed to have mega joy. So they had not seen the risen Savior yet. Let's go to, uh, let's see what verse are we in here. Uh, uh, let's go to the last verse if I have it up there. Uh, keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my disciples, right? Is that what it says? My brethren. What happened to the disciples? Well, the disciples are kind of messed up. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. In the Garden of Gethsemane, what were they doing? What are you doing when the Lord calls you to prayer in the morning? Sleeping. Okay, they messed up. They were sleeping. And when they took him, what did they do? They denied him, right? They ran from him. Then even after he resurrected, where were they? Fishing. So, you know, Jesus appeared to Peter when they were fishing, and he was on the shore making breakfast, praise the Lord, breakfast, breakfast with Jesus. And so Peter comes to see Jesus, and Jesus doesn't say, you know, Peter, I got to talk to you about some things here. You know, we, you know, when we were in ministry, and you said, people said, who do you say that I am? 
And they said, you said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Remember when you, you cut off the, the soldier's ear and I told you not to do that? Yeah, I remember that. I know. And, and, and you denied me three times. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And now you're out here fishing. He says, you know, Peter, I had some big plans for you, but it doesn't seem like it's working out. It seems like you were going to be the best guy chosen for the job. Did he say that? What did he say? He said, I know you messed up. I know you had some bad miscues and missteps, but I'm still believing you. I'm still calling you my brethren. This is the first time he's ever called them brethren. Because what? He went to, the, to heaven, uh, uh, presented his blood, made the supreme sacrifice. We're washed clean. The Bible says if we're washed in the blood, we are brethren to Jesus. And he's not ashamed to call us brothers. So no matter what you've done, whatever past you've had, God said, I'm still ready to use you. I don't want you going out and saying all the things that you did wrong. Oh, I'm so messed up. You know, I, I, you know God, he's trying to work with me, but he can't. No, tell him what Jesus will do for them in their life. Amen? So what did Jesus say to him? Do you love me? Right? And you know, I don't know if you, you know how this goes, but he said, do you love me? And that word translated means, you know, agape love. And, and Peter answers back in the, tr the translation, you know I like you, Lord. You know I, I, I have a good relationship with you. You're my friend. And Jesus says again, do you love me? Agape. And Peter says, I phileo you. You know, I, I, we, 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 we hook up together, you know. I work with you. You work with me. I, I'm friends with you. And then Jesus comes down. He says, do you phileo me? Do you, do you, are you my friend? And Peter says, you know, you know me so well. You know what I'm going to do. I phileo you. I am your brother. Amen? He came down to our level. Sometimes we can't be at the level we want to be. But Jesus is where to, there to pick us up, carry us along, make us do those things that we're supposed to do. Praise the Lord. So don't give up. You should be redeemed and transformed when you know the Lord Jesus. He has new purposes in you. He has his love uh, that connects us to him. Praise God. You don't have to worry about your past. The past is the past. Amen? Praise the Lord. So uh, because of the resurrection from the dead, we have power, and his power it causes us to do things we can't do. But what are the four things we need to do? Let's look at it. Be obedient to the voice of the Lord. How many of you are obedient to the voice of the Lord? When, when the Lord tells you, forgive your husband, what do you say? But I, I don't know. I've been doing this for too long. You know, <laughs> I cannot go on another one year, two year, three year. You know, my wife and I, we're, we're, we're older now. We, we gave up, you know, trying. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we'll just work around it. <laughs> Be obedient to the voice of the Lord. And, and that's why we, don't, we have to forgive those that uh, are not doing right in the Lord. We, the Bible says, judge no man. Uh, before the time. Don't judge them before uh, the final day. God can still grab a hold of them. Sometimes it takes 10, 15 years for them to grab hold. Amen? How long did he wait for you? Amen? To get saved. And how long did he wait for you to get your act together and start following him? And I know it's a gradual step by step, get closer and closer to the Lord, to finally you're as close as you can get. Still not close enough. Because the Lord, uh, you just don't know what's on the inside of you. I know I told this story before. We had some, some, uh, a choir come from uh, the, um, 
I don't know what country it was from, a bunch of countries together uh, out in the eastern uh, way. And, and uh, you know, like they were Korean and there were all kinds of different nationalities. And they were singing at the church. And they were singing so beautifully. I said, oh, man, this is wonderful. This is, this is marvelous. It's almost like it, it was heavenly. And so I was there in the front row, and I, wanted, I got up there, and I clapped my hands. You guys are doing good. That's good. That's good. They didn't care. They didn't look at me. They didn't do anything. They just kept singing. Oh, my gosh. So I went up to, to the, the leader. I'm, you're doing good. You're absolutely fantastic. And they didn't look at me. They just kept singing. It's like almost they lifted up into heaven. And my heart convicted me. I said, oh, my God. There, there's, there's evil in my, in, my, in my spirit, you know. I, I do some things just for, you know, uh, recognition or uh, appreciation or I don't do it just with a pure heart. And it just convicted me. I said, oh, my God, my heart is like filthy rags. And I went out in the parking lot and I was crying. And my buddy was there and I go, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just so convicted. My heart is, I go, yeah, I know. I had the same thing. That when we get to heaven, we're going to know that our thoughts and our motives are not as pure as we thought they were. We thought we were all that in a bag of chips, but we were not. You know, I told the story about how I mowed my neighbor's lawn the other day. And that wasn't 100% of the Lord because I was just tired of looking at that grass. I mean, it was just so high and the weeds were there. And, and so I, I said, I'm going to take this in my own hands. I know I'm doing it for you, Lord, but, you know, it's, it's good that I don't have to look at it anymore. Amen? So I looked at it yesterday and it's getting up there again. I'm going, oh, no. Here we go. But we have to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. Follow him in all your ways. Be fearless. Fearless faith. Lord, I'm going to take a step out. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to see, you know, some, somebody said to me when we were first in ministry, uh, we were um, duplicating tapes. That's how long ago it was. He says, do you ever get nervous about, you know, your calling? I go, no, I don't get nervous. You know, the Lord called me. He's the one that's going to protect me and take care of me. So I, I, I'm fearless. I don't have a, a problem with that. I mean, I might have to pray and say, okay, Lord, now you need to step it up. You know, you need to help me a little bit here. You can bring in the people, you know, take care of things. But I've always had the confidence to know that I, I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. And when you have that, the Bible says what? When you, when you take a step of faith, you have to know it's the Lord. Like um, when we first got married, my wife and I, we got married, we only knew each other 10 weeks. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But it was a leap of faith. I just knew that's the, word, that's the woman the Lord had given me. And so I went, uh, someone said, you know, you need to pray ahead of time to know if it's the Lord's will. So I went and prayed. My wife and I, we both separated for a day. We fasted and prayed, and, and then I got the assurance. So then when we went to get because the Bible says, or not the Bible, but in the ceremony it says, if anyone objects to this marriage, speak now or forever hold your peace. Well, the people that were over us said, you need to ask the Lord that before you get to the altar, right? So we prayed. We both got the assurance. Then we got married. And then, like I said, we said we should sue each other for false advertising because she wasn't the same girl that I was dating. <laughs> the girl that I was dating was always on time, always listened to me, always said, you're so smart, you're so wonderful, you're so amazing. And then we got married. <laughs> Why did you say that? What were you thinking? How is it that you, what, what's wrong with you, you know? She, there's, there's a, you know, a combination of things that have to happen when you get married. You know, your life, my life come together, and then you work it out, right? And this, this has taken years to do now. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, but, but I had that assurance 
that I was doing the right thing. And when Mary Ann tried to leave me, hallelujah, she got in the car and she, she, she started to leave and I jumped in the, the passenger side and I said, where are you going? She goes, I'm going. I don't know where you're going. I'm going with you. Wherever you're going, I'm going. She couldn't shake me. <laughs> then I got smart. I could tell when she was getting a little frustrated, you know. So she'd be upstairs, you know, getting packing or whatever she was going to do for wherever she was going to go. And uh, so I went into the car. And I don't know much about cars, but I know if you pull, I saw in the movies, if you pull the distributor <laughs> cap off, they can't start the car, right? <laughs> so, so I'm sitting on the couch, and she's coming. I go, where are you going? She says, she says I'm leaving. Okay, all right. Praise the Lord. And so she went, <laughs> she went into the garage. <laughs> She came back in. I go, what's the matter? She goes, that car won't start. I go, oh, I'm so sorry, babe. That, that, that's a shame. You know, you were headed out the door. Well, let's just talk about it a little bit, okay? And everything was fine. Why? <laughs> the Lord gives us wisdom in these things, amen? <laughs> and then here's another tip for y'all. Because, <laughs> you know, I was a teacher of the Word. And so with Marianne, I had a teacher, you know, and I was trying to Teach her the things, the principles of the Word of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and it wasn't working. And I figured, well, I could just teach her, and then, you know, after a while, it'll be fine. It didn't work out so well. So finally, the Lord says, what you need to do is plant the seed, I'll water it, and then it'll, it'll feel like I'm telling her. Okay, that sounds good. So I would tell, plant a seed, and then I would want to expound on it. Say, okay, now here's what I, and the Lord said, no, 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 you planted the seed, now back off, let me water it, let me nurture it. And so finally, after about three days, she would come back to me and she said, you know what the Lord told me? The very exact same thing that I had told her. Why? Because he watered, he gets the credit. I don't get the credit, I didn't change her, he changed her. Because I always say, if you're going to marry somebody, marry someone that loves God and loves you at the same time, because if he... They love you, they're going to do those things that God has told them to do so that they will make a peaceful life. Praise the Lord. That, I mean, that, that's too, too easy. You don't have to have a hundred, you know, boxes to check off. Well, how many children do you want? You know, what do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? No, just do you love God and do you love me because you'll make, you know, changes in your life. We'll come together. So you want to be fearless. Praise the Lord. Are you fearless? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know where you're going? Praise the Lord. I know when I was working for uh, Kaiser, I made a mucho mistakes, mucho things that they had to call me into for. But I had confidence, you know. They're, they're not going to get me. I'm, I'm supposed to be here. I know, like when I was, uh, I did the offering at the, the church that we came from. I did the offering every service that we had, every service. In the 8 o'clock, the 11 o'clock, the Sunday night, the Wednesday, men's fellowship, women's fellowship. I was the offering taker, re receiver. And so they tried to, well, let's split, you know, spread it out a little bit. Have one of the other elders do it. It just didn't fit. It just wasn't right. They tried to do it. And they said, no, we don't want it. Where's Pastor Chuck? He needs, that's, that's his job. The pastor's saying, what's wrong with you guys? It's just an offering. Said, no, but he needs to do it. Amen. When God has put you a place, you know, your gift will make room for you. And I remember even at the other church, uh, uh, they were, the, 
pastor got, the assistant pastor got promoted, so they wanted to have another assistant pastor, and so they were considering me and this other guy. And so they finally figured out, well, we're going to use the other guy. I didn't worry about it. I know God, where God had put me. He placed me there. So they, this guy got up there, and he tried to do it, and he couldn't do it. They said, you have to sit down, okay? <laughs> pastor Chuck, come on. That's your place. And the pastor didn't really, wasn't really fond of me, but he still couldn't negate what the Lord had, where he'd put me and what he'd put me to do. Praise the Lord. He, the, wherever you are, make sure that that's where the Lord has put you, and he will prosper you. He will promote you. He will be there for you, and he'll, he'll lift you up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let that sit for a minute there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Be fearless. Have faith that the Lord is watching over you. Amen. I'm going to tell one more story, and then I'll, I'll finish up. But So like I was saying, at Kaiser, I had all these problems. Things happened. I mean, they, they allowed me to have my own room to pray for people. That, that's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah. So, Pastor, you can have this room here if you ever need to pray for anybody. I prayed for the top management. I prayed for everybody that needed help. In fact, Arturo, he got saved uh, at the church, and even my, my friend Ali got saved uh, at, the, at, the, at Kaiser. Praise the Lord. We got, you remember that day? We were in the parking lot. <laughs> Allie, do you remember? Yeah, okay, thank you. Jeez. Nod your head or wink or something. <laughs> I'm up here. I'm dying up here. <laughs> but I kept saying, can I pray with you? I did this for two years, three years, every, every day almost, you know. And she said, no, I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready. No, I'm not ready. Did I give up? No. So finally she said, okay, but we didn't have a place. So I said, let's go out in the parking lot. You know, we went out there. We prayed. The Lord touched her. And she said, oh, this is, this is so, so nice. It's so wonderful. It's, what is this? I go, that's the Lord in you. Amen. But anyway, I used to get in trouble a lot. And so one time I, I was in charge of the money and people would come in and I would reimburse them their expense reports up to $75. And so I had like $6,000 in my, you know, bank here. And so what they would allow people to do is to come in and take money for, from, for other people. So this one girl had like three or four expense reports. So four times 75 is like, what, $200, $300? So she would do this for a couple of months, right? I thought nothing of it. Then all of a sudden... Uh, one of the expense reports wasn't filled out right. So I called the person that she was in, uh, impersonating, and I called her. I said, well, you know, on your expense report, you didn't put this, this, this. She goes, I didn't fill out any expense report. Oh, really? She said, no, I didn't fill it out. So I called my boss. They came in. They did an investigation. They found out that this woman was taking the money and, and, and putting it in her pocket. And so they called me in. They said, well, you know, what are you doing? I go, I'm just doing, you know, I'm just passing out the money. And they said, well, uh, didn't you figure it out that this person was taking so much money? I go, no, that's, that's standard. And they said, well, we're going to investigate because we think that you're in cahoots with her and you're taking the money. And I, I, I could have been nailed dead to right because I also did their, their wedding. So they said, you probably were taking the money and using it to help them with the wedding. I said, no, I'm a man of God. I would never do that. And they, they said, well, you know, maybe you were just sympathetic and had compassion like Jesus did. 
I go, no, Jesus would never break the law like that. And they said, well, we're going to investigate it. In the meantime, uh, you're suspended. You can go home, and we'll call you when uh, we finish the investigation. And if, I, if, if she hadn't denied the fact that I was helping her, I would have been, you know, my goose is cooked. So I can sympathize with people that get framed and, and you know, they, the people uh, that wrong, are wrongfully accused. But I'm at home, and I'm gardening, but I had what? Confidence. Great joy. Mega joy. The Lord, you put me there. You're going to, you know, watch over me. You're going to protect me. You're going to take care of me. You're going to change their hearts. I didn't have a good case, but I had him. Amen. So I had joy. And they called me up three days later. They go, uh, do you still want your job? I go, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I got all my life depending on this. Are you kidding me? And so I got one more story to tell. I, I, I'm lying. I'm going to get them all out. You won't hear them next week. Okay. So when I was working part-time at, at Kaiser, they were going to make me full-time, but I had to pass the typing test. Oh, really? No problem. I had to t- type 35 words per minute. That's nothing for you. It's, nothing, it's something for me. I think I took it seven times, and I couldn't pass it. Sometimes I would get so good, I go, oh, I'm really flying here. And then, oh, 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 no, oh, no, uh, I messed up. So I went in for the eighth time, and I said, okay, I'm going to do something. I, I, I pretended like I messed up. I go, oh, I threw it in the, in the trash. And I go, can I get another paper? And, and so I took the paper, and I, did, I didn't pass, but I had that paper in the trash, right, the typing test. So I took it home. Hallelujah. And I put it out there, and I practiced all night long. I never slept. I kept typing, you know. And Marianne's going, 35, you can do 35. I, yeah, I can do it. And so I got, I got there the next day, and this was going to be my last time. Actually, you're only supposed to take it five times. <laughs> but she, you know, bend the rules for me. So I'm in there, and I'm typing, and I'm doing so good. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to do it. And, uh, 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 uh. I missed it. I, I mean, I kept missing it by one or two or five, and so I didn't pass. And I'm going like, oh, this messes up my whole plan. What about my retirement? What about my house payment? What about all these things that, you know, I need to do? And the Lord helped me. So they said... Um, uh, okay, so when they're ready to promote me, the HR person calls up my boss and says, well, he didn't pass the, the typing test. She said, don't worry about that. He's been doing the job for two years. Just put him through. Okay, praise the Lord. They put me through. Yeah. Amen. So Marianne later worked for HR, and I asked her, has that ever been done before where you can bypass the typing test? She said, Never. I said, well, there's one time it did. Do you have that one time in your life where God is going to deliver you, take care of you, watch over you? Amen. Be fearless. Be joyful. Be willing to fulfill your divine assignment. Amen. Let's pray.